Hello, everyone. I'm Brian Carrington, and you're listening to Call Talk for August 19, 2015. Today's topic is employee engagement and retention trends. And of course, if you're listening live, we'd like to be invite you to be part of the show and ask questions. And there's two ways to do it. You can either call me at 347-857-3117 and then hit the one on your phone to let me know you have a question. Or better yet, most people like to email me at brian at benchmarkportal.com. And that's spelled out B-R-I-A-N at benchmarkportal.com. Of course, I want to remind all of you that all of our shows are archived and available to listen to at any time that's good for you at our website, BenchmarkPortal.com. Just navigate to Call Talk, and you'll see the archive of many, many different shows and topics that we've done over the last couple of years. So, speaking of shows, let's get this one underway. It's my pleasure now to introduce the host of our show, Mr. Bruce Belfiore. Well, thank you, Brian, and welcome back to Call Talk, everyone. Now, one of uh, call center managers' biggest challenges, we all know, is attaining and maintaining true employee engagement. You know, the kind of engagement that builds employee satisfaction, loyalty, long tenures, and low turnovers, while at the same time keeping productivity nice and high. And that's why we've brought in an expert on the topic for you, Christopher Mulligan, who's CEO of Talent Keepers, who's joining us all the way from Winter Park, Florida, on this fine summer day. Hi, Chris. How are you doing? Very well, Bruce. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Okay. Well, great. Now, just for our listeners uh, to know, Chris has over 25 years of experience in the human resources industry. Uh, the majority of this has been in employee engagement, selection, assessment and retention. Uh, Chris co-founded Talent Keepers in the year 2000, which is dedicated to employee engagement and retention. Uh, Talent Keepers has been recognized as a top training products of the year by Human Resources Executive Magazine twice for their approach to employee onboarding, engagement, and retention. And Chris has worked with organizations around the world, including Accenture, AT&T, BMW, Coke, EDS, GE, and UPS. And prior to this, Chris was the Vice President of Business Development for AlignMark, a division of Thomson Reuters. He is a member of the American Psychological Society and associate member of the Society for Industrial and Organizational Psychology. So he knows what's going on in everybody's head, right, Chris? He holds a Bachelor of Science degree in psychology from uh, the Florida State University and a Master of Science degree in Industrial and Organizational Psych from the University of Florida. So, Chris, first of all, uh, we're really, really pleased to have you, and tell us what it means when an employee is engaged. Sure, Bruce. The measure of an employee who is engaged is whether they give discretionary effort in the work they do. We often say it's they act like an owner, they act like a volunteer. Mm -hmm. Great. So those are the people who really are not just doing it because they're getting paid, they're doing it because they want to. It's uh, that's discretionary effort. It's it's the, the want to do it, right? Got to want to do it type of thing that, that comes into to play here. And, and why is that important to organizations? Well, Bruce, a highly engaged workforce has significant impacts on key business metrics, such as customer service goals, effective communication, and efficient productivity. 
And, you know, for the past 11 years, we have conducted an annual survey of employee engagement and retention trends called Workplace America. And this year, 82% of the responding organizations, and there were over 800 of them representing every industry, agreed that employee engagement is a strategic priority. And two-thirds of them have said that they are budgeting funds to support engagement. And over 56% of them are linking employee engagement metrics to organizational performance and profitability. And the last couple of years, we've even sliced out a best-in-class category, uh, which is a segment of the respondents where 100% of them are linking the metrics and they're really driving organizational performance by leveraging employee engagement. Yeah. You know, this is something we've seen too, Chris, that uh, in some past years has been huge emphasis on uh, cost reduction, on uh, technology, et cetera. But the people aspect is, uh, once again, bubbling to the fore in terms of uh, manager uh, focus as well as investment focus on the part of a lot of organizations. And uh, it's it's got it's also coming around to a nice point because there's always been sort of lip service paid to the people part of our organization, right? But it's one thing to say people are really important and we treat our people well. It's another thing to say we take that to the next step in terms of the way we organize ourselves, the way we uh, you know do things, and also the methodologies and techniques we use with regard to people. Uh, that's the exciting thing that's actually coming in and becoming more accepted. Um, and, and, and in your case, how exactly do you go about creating uh, this all-important employee engagement? Well, I think it begins with leaders. Uh, we know that the leader that we work for is often the lens through which we view everything else in the organization. So, you know, if our leader is engaged, motivated, a good coach, excited about the work they're doing, their team is likely to be that way as well. Um, so we need to start with leaders, but also we need the right processes and a culture that helps people commit to the organization and their leader. And once we get their commitment, Bruce, and they, they do commit by seeing a link between what they want to achieve in their career and what their job will allow them to do, they then have the opportunity to be engaged uh, by the organization, their coworkers, their leader, and their career opportunities. And when they, we, they see all those things working, that's when they give us that discretionary effort and their performance excels. And as they adapt and grow in their career, they become very valued uh, contributors to the overall organization. No, they're really important, and the people who listen to this show are the leaders of the call center. They're the uh, call center managers, supervisors, uh, directors, et cetera. So uh, I think it's really important, this message, that it, it really starts with you, the listeners, uh, to this show in terms of the things that Chris is talking about. So uh, let's take these things to heart and, and bring them back to our centers. Well, one of the things is what are the new trends and techniques Chris, that you're seeing in ways to, to actually drive this engagement that might be useful for our listeners? Yeah, one thing that we've seen emerge over the past couple, three years, Bruce, are stay interviews as an mm. increasingly popular method of employee engagement. 
Okay, Chris, I'm really glad you brought that up. Uh, could you describe a stay interview for our listeners who are not currently familiar with the term? Sure. So, you know, typically leaders are having discussions one-on-one -on -one with each one of their team members on a periodic basis. And this meeting is usually always focused on their tasks, activities, and of course, results. And we believe this is a serious missed opportunity. And we find that if one of those meetings, maybe every quarter, can focus on an employee's aspirations, where they want to go in their career, their preferences for how they're being led, the work they're doing, their, their growth goals, um, that goes a long way towards employee engagement. And so mm -hmm. we think that embedding that sort of a discussion inside your organization will enable leaders to connect with each one of their employees on some very important issues. And in our research, we found that there are four areas that are really important to understand for each team member. And uh, we, we put that, that together into an acronym, which is CLEAR, C-L-E-A-R. And the C is for mm -hmm. career. We, we know that's the number one reason that employees are voluntarily leaving their jobs over the last four years from our Workplace America research. And that's a shift. The first seven years of that study, leaders were number one. But over the past four years, careers has emerged. Um, the L is for their leader. E is engagement and R is recognition. So career leader engagement and recognition preferences are what our research has found leaders need to understand if they're going to effectively keep and engage their talent. And so mm -hmm. what we find is really effective is organizations that do that systemically so they can document the content of those discussions aggregate them by function, because we do see those preferences vary by function within the call centers, certainly by generation. Um, and that also, if we are capturing that data, we can provide that to new leaders, because we know within the call center environment, we often have shift bids. And there's nothing more disheartening for a call center agent than to have a solid relationship with their leader who is helping them achieve those preferences that they've shared. Um, only to then have a shift that occur and be working for a new leader, and they've got to you know, sort of re-educate that leader. Well, a solid and well-designed stay interview system would provide that data to the new leader. So they pick up where the old leader left off, they maintain that employee's engagement, um, and they continue that discussion. So uh, that's what we've seen really effective around stay interviews. Day interviews is that they may actually reduce the need for exit interviews, which are things that people are more uh, familiar with. Although we do find that a lot of people don't even conduct uh, exit interviews, surprisingly enough. But if you have these stay interviews and they're effective and they're embedded in the kind of program that you're talking about with your your clear program. Uh, then ultimately it will reduce the need for exit interviews because people will stay longer, you'll have better retention, and uh, therefore less need to actually um, you know, have the exit interviews. And, and what I think a lot of managers find is that if they have these stay interviews, the insights that uh, they were getting 
from their exit interviews, they're now getting from their stay interviews. And that means that uh, they're able to in incorporate changes and, um, you know, improvements that will make people happier and, and, and uh, cause better retention. Is that what you found as well? Absolutely. I'm, I'm glad you mentioned exit interviews, Bruce, because you know, whenever we hear of an organization who wants to begin an engagement process that way, we tell them it's going to take a long time to wait for people to leave, and then we're going to get a portion of them to complete the survey. So you know, our, our ability to really act on that data is going to be months away. Let's do a mm -hmm. stay interview and capture every current employee at once, right, or within a brief two- or three-week period. And now we're talking about those people that are currently with us. Uh, we can take action, as you mentioned, to prevent them from leaving. And the other nice thing about a stay interview is it's one-on-one, it's -on -one, right? We don't have to guess at what our team thinks and who among them is happy or not. Uh, we get to see mm -hmm. how every individual on our team feels about these issues, and we can increase the engagement with each one. Right. Okay, that's great. And when should you start your engagement efforts with new employees, Chris? Well, we believe employee engagement is a process that begins when an employee says yes to your employment offer. And it continues throughout their tenure with the organization all the way through to an exit interview or a retirement of some sort. Um, in our Workplace America research, we found that 11% of respondents were conducting engagement-focused meetings with employees during the onboarding process, and we think that's a big miss. Um, ultimately, you know, you never have a second chance to make a first impression, and is as you're onboarding new employees, if you can understand those preferences that they bring to their work and their role within the organization, you can begin to engage them very quickly. And so we actually take uh, a very similar approach to the stay interview uh, with a tool around onboarding um, that includes a survey that asks employees, you know, those same preferences around the clear elements. And it allows a leader to really accelerate the time to get to know each one of their new employees. I think Savvy leaders, Bruce, will uncover this information over time because they're going to be engaging with those new employees. But by having it formalized as part of the onboarding process, uh, we, we sort of short that cycle and we, we get that information very quickly. And we have seen that using that approach can reduce early tenure turnover by as much as half. And we know that most turnover does occur in the first year. 62% of all attrition is occurring in the first year on the job. That's nationally uh, based on our Workplace America research. In call centers, it's even more pronounced. All right? It's not uncommon for us to hear that 75% or more of their turnover is occurring in the first 90 days. Well, this approach can, can dramatically reduce that. Hey Chris, this is Brian. Yeah, I uh, Bruce is on uh, a line that was cracking a lot, so I'm trying to work behind the scenes and get that fixed. And so I think I've got him back on the line. Bruce, are you there? Yes, I am. Okay, great. Okay, very good. So Chris, uh, great insights there. And can I ask as a follow-up to that? Can can leaders 
really improve their ability to engage and retain their team members? I mean, aren't they either good or, or not at these things to begin with? Yeah, that's a great question, Bruce, and I, I think one that, that many people have. And I think it's very true that some individuals are born leaders. We've all worked with them and admired their ability to maximize their team members' productivity and loyalty, and they make it look very easy. But for the rest of us, there are many skills a good leader must possess to be successful. And we've identified 11 skill sets which are critical for any strong leader to engage and retain their team. And they include things that are, that are not traditionally thought of when we think about leadership skills, like building trust, right? being an excellent communicator, uh, building the esteem of your team members, um, plus many more. I won't go over all of them now, but we created an engagement and retention leadership series, uh, which did, as you mentioned in the opening, win the HR Executive Magazine's Top Training Product of the Year Award, because it helped leaders understand when people choose to stay with a leader, they stay because the leader is able to do these things. And the, the courses that are available include web-based training and structure-led workshops on the job activities. And we've seen that you know leaders really soak this up like a sponge. We were working with a major call center uh, provider in the hospitality industry earlier this year. Of course, they provide a lot of training for leaders on their operational processes, right, which is how they do their work but the amount of training available around these sometimes called softer skills was less available and, and they soaked it up because they were finding that they were losing team members because they weren't creating these environments where people wanted to stay. So yes, leaders can be trained, they can develop these skills. I think they inherently want to be better at these things, but they just don't have as many opportunities to develop these skills. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this is what we find as well that uh, uh, from supervisors on up that oftentimes there are people who have been successful in their jobs who get uh, promoted but not necessarily trained. Uh, they're not really uh, prepared properly to do the things that are needed to be done uh, as, a, as a leader. So uh, training is, is, is absolutely crucial. And what, what specific steps can someone who's listening today uh, take to learn more about employee engagement and retention? Well, I think it's ideally, you know, a process of listening to your employees and leaders through a variety of metric-generating surveys, both anonymous and non-anonymous, to begin the process. We want to understand, you know, why people are joining, why they're choosing to stay, and why they're considering leaving the organization and, and once we understand what's working and where some opportunities to improve are, the organization can begin to build a program to address those needs. Now, what's really important in doing surveys, and that is one of the most popular initiatives that in organizations are using today, over 82% of them are doing a survey of some sort, um, but you know, the most easy part of a survey is giving the survey out and getting it back. Um, we, we feel it's really important to communicate the survey results. And when that's done appropriately, we find that it works. It, employees feel as though their voice are, is heard 
and that the organization is taking steps. So equally as important to sharing what's being learned through the surveys is to take action. And we find that leaders need to develop action plans that can address those things that they're in control over. And the organization itself may need to make some adjustments to their compensation, their career pathing, um, their recognition programs, or their development programs. So really it's about connecting with each individual employee from the moment they say yes, um, also periodically doing those engagement surveys to gather what's working and what's not in the organization. And, and we've identified a number of drivers. Um, those, those four drivers that we find matter most are, first, a credible leader. You know, I want to work for someone who's, who's competent in what they're asking me to do and is helping me be successful. They also want to work with supportive coworkers. I was looking at some data this morning uh, Bruce, from a national retailer in the telecommunications industry. Um, they're, you know, 3,500 employees or so across the country, and they're very young. So they're fully in that Generation Y or millennial generation. Uh, we know that the millennials this year, 2015, now comprise the largest generation in the U.S. workplace. Um, there's 95 million of them in the country, and 5 million join the workforce every year. And the number one driver for engagement for this retailer was coworkers, not leadership, not pay, not career, coworkers. So that's a, that's a very important driver. I think will increase in importance. Um, the third driver is career and job satisfaction. You know, people want to do what they do well, and they want to see a path to do what they'd like to achieve in their career. And those paths are as different as we have individuals. So we just want to understand what each individual is looking at. And finally, they want a high-performing organization. They want an organization they're proud to be associated with and an organization they feel is doing valued work socially, right? It's doing good work for the community. Um, so, so if someone's looking to begin studying engagement and retention in their organization, looking at those drivers and measuring how effective those are is a great way to start. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, we did a uh, study called Agent Voices, which included 5,000 uh, surveys of uh, call center agents throughout North America, and uh, a lot of these same things came through loud and clear. The uh, co-worker thing is extremely important. Uh, the uh, th Those most satisfied had words like family-like atmosphere to describe their uh, environment that they work in. And of course, the coworkers mean the, the people that you work with, but also the people you report to, because they're the ones who can make your life wonderful or miserable, right? Yeah. And the the old adage about you don't leave a job, you leave your boss, is uh, comes through in spades, I think, in a lot of things that we've seen in the call center space. And uh, and to your point too, leadership is personal. Um, those people who have an idea that leadership is sort of performing a set of uh, tasks professionally, uh, that's true. But if it doesn't come down to the personal side, particularly in our industry, it just doesn't work. And uh, know me as a person was one of the things that came through that people wanted and oftentimes did not find uh, the organization gave to them in this uh, Agent Voices survey. So, uh, you know, one of the 
the uh, take-home messages, I think, would be that uh, make your leadership personal. Uh, do the right things, but also make sure you connect to the people, your people, the right way. Really, really important stuff. So, uh, well, listen, these are great insights, and we're getting toward the end of our half hour here. So I'd like to uh, turn things over to Brian, who has some uh, questions that have come in. Brian? Yeah, I sure do. I've got a couple emails. And uh, this first one, Chris and Bruce, comes from Patrick. Patrick is asking us, you mentioned stay interviews are conducted by an employee's immediate manager. We've really struggled to getting our managers to do stay interviews, much less do it regularly. How can we motivate managers to do them the right way? That's a great question, Brian. Um, you know, I think there's a couple of answers there. One is we need to draw the link for our leaders between engagement and team performance because they are held accountable for team performance. And if they find that there's something they can do to enhance that, that's going to be the what's in it for me, right? That's the WIFM for them. Uh, so, so that link can be drawn by linking engagement results to performance, and we can usually do that very easily. Um, the second element is we have to get them comfortable with the conversation. We've worked with many organizations, including some that have you know, world-renowned leadership development programs like General Electric. And even at GE, we found that leaders were reluctant to talk with team members about their career aspirations because they didn't want to make a mistake by promising something they couldn't deliver. So we need to really train our leaders, how do you talk about career with a team member? That's a motivating thing for both of you. And the third element is let's make this a top-down approach. We often hear from frontline leaders that they didn't think it, it was their responsibility to talk with their teams about stay interviews. And that tells us no, their manager didn't talk to them, right? So we, we often do as, as, we're, as, as others do onto us. And so if we can do a top-down approach, show them the value of doing it in the form of higher team performance, and give them some training to get them comfortable doing it, We'll, you'll, you'll find, uh, hopefully this is helpful to Patrick, you'll find that your leaders will gladly jump in with both feet. Right. right. You know, I, I think, too, sometimes those uh, training aids can be very, very useful. Small organizations, uh, some role-playing among the, uh, you know, bosses, as to say supervisors, uh, immediate managers, that uh, where they actually try it out, or even a video, if it's well done, uh, can sort of uh, help break the ice and say, well, this is how to actually do it. And uh, that way people increase their comfort level, as uh, Chris, you were saying, in, in terms of being able to actually conduct these day interviews in an effective way. Because you, you want them to be really good. You want them to be something that backfires. So, Okay, Brian, back to you for uh, another question. Yeah, got another one here from Mara. Mara's asking... You mentioned linking performance metrics to employee engagement, but how do I do that? Yeah, that's a great question, Brian. Happy to answer that for Mara. Um, you know, what we've found is if we are looking at performance by team, and we can also measure engagement by team, it's a simple correlation, right? And so um, the organization is often filled with operational metrics, particularly in a call center, right, whether it's an average handle time, one call resolution, or increasingly the uh, net promoter score, would our customer recommend us to others as a great place to do business? 
um, you know, those metrics are prevalent. So there's not a, not a dearth of, of, of measurement on that side. What we want to do is then generate some engagement metrics through a survey, right? So we can ask employees questions about how happy and, and, and engaged they are by those four drivers, leader, career, coworker, and organization. And then we just do a correlation, and it's, it's very, very often that we find very strong correlations, those teams that are excelling and, and overperforming on those operational metrics are the ones that feel they have support of coworkers, they have a career path that they like, um, and, and et cetera. So it's, it's just doing that simple equation. And it's something that if you haven't done before, it can be uh, challenging, but there are great organizations in the industry that can help you do that. Um, but that's that's a, a very important first step. And Chris, on that, which metrics do you try to push in order to see an improvement in the others? In other words, which side do you concentrate on uh, as a manager in terms of uh, creating uh, better results? Yeah, I think it's the it's the engagement metric side that we really see driving um, the performance improvements. Uh, on the on the performance metric side, Bruce, and, and it makes sense, right? If you keep good people longer, and they give you discretionary effort, they go above and beyond what's required for success. You're gonna win, right? You're gonna mm-hmm. overperform on your performance metrics, and so it's it's really helping leaders understand what are the behaviors that are within their control that they can exhibit that can drive higher performance. On their teams, mm-hmm. and that's that's the that's the best way to approach that. And you know, mm-hmm. of those four drivers I mentioned, leader, coworker, career, and organization, we find leaders are the quickest ones that we can leverage to improve performance because we haven't met a leader yet who says, "I'm going to work today, and I can't wait to break trust with my team." Mm-hmm. Right? It's right. that they're unaware of what they're doing that's breaking or building trust. And if we show them the behaviors that are doing that and ways that they can a- approach issues differently, they're happy to do it. Okay, great. Uh, Brian, I think we have time for one more question for Chris. Okay, perfect. Yep. And actually, Chris, you, you kind of already talked a little bit about uh, getting the management buy-in, but Carrie had a similar question, and it's how do you justify spending on employee engagement efforts to the senior management team. Any more thoughts on that? Yeah, I would say two things uh, quickly because I know we're at the top of the hour, um, Brian. One is um, they rely on their business periodicals and they often put more weight on those than they do some HR periodicals, right? So in terms of research. And Harvard Business Review is the gold standard. Um, for most management teams in, in, in this country, and they issued a special edition called The Value of Happiness. It was a special edition in January and February of 2012, so it's about three and a half years old now, but it's considered a touchstone in the industry because they looked at over 100 different cases where engagement was linked to performance and big differences with well-known companies. So I would encourage anyone listening who wants to get their senior team engaged to look that up and, and provide that as some reading material. Um, secondly is cost. For your organization, what are you spending 
on turnover. And, and, and this continues to surprise us when we work you know, with thousands of organizations. Just about 19% say that they have identified the cost of losing a well-performing employee. Mm-hmm. And you know, the average cost to lose a North American call center agent is $8,780. And that's based on data we've gathered over the last 10 years. And so any call center that has appreciable call center attrition, 10% or higher, simply adding those numbers up quickly comes to a large number. And if you're looking to get some buy-in from senior management, provide that number to them and say, this is what we're spending annually on attrition and disengagement. Would you give me a percentage of that to fix it? So. No, two ways. The the Harvard Business Review is a proof source for those leaders, and then organizationally specific data on what are we spending today on replacing good people who are choosing to leave us. Two great homework assignments, Chris. Uh, the HBR articles and as well as the uh, the turnover. I oftentimes ask uh, people in the speeches that I give, how many of you know the cost of your turnover? And uh, your 20% figure, 19%, is about what the hands that go up, tend to go up. And I know that we uh, did a study several years ago that showed, I mean, numerous years ago at this point, that the cost was $6,700 on average and has been going up ever since. So uh, our our numbers in terms of your 8780 right in line with each other in terms of today's numbers. So uh, listen, great input. Uh, we've kept you over a little bit, but uh, we really appreciate your input. And uh, great, great show. Thank you very much. And uh, uh, hope to have you again sometime in the future. Would love to do it. Thank you very much, Bruce. Okay. Well, back to Brian at this point. All right. Well, thanks again, Bruce and Chris, for uh, another great show here on Call Talk. And want to make sure that if you're listening now that you know that uh, all of our shows are on our website, archived there, and have many different topics for you to listen to anytime that's good for you. So, uh, of course, we're going to have another call talk next month, but until then, have a wonderful day, and from all of us here at Benchmark Portal, keep those headsets steady and your fingers ready. This is Brian Carrington signing out. Have a great day. That's a wrap. Take care.